This is the Ojoko Bonita podcast with me, your host, Mr. Jennings, street, Jake Ron, and Mr. Ferguson. The kind Jake, I'd Jake, like do you have a show to do today, you know? Oh, oh sorry. Um, you sorry, can't win just, just affections <laughs> all the time by doing that. Um, yeah, that, that was funny, but starting off with Champions League and Pep, it was, but before we get to that, we have some, some news. Patrick Vieira has been sacked as Crystal Palace manager. Thoughts? Well, we've literally found this out about moments, mere moments ago. Um, it's been uh, coming, <laughs> uh, it, which sounds a little bit harsh to say, but Palace have been fairly woeful. Um, I actually thought that this was a little bit harsh, um, just in the wake of their most recent result against City, which, yes, they did lose, but I thought was actually one of their best performances for a while. They were defensively very solid. They managed to limit City for quite a long time. Um, but 12 games winless, when the relegation battle is this tight, you can't really justify that. No, I feel for Palace, um, and I feel for Patrick Vieira in, in a way, just the last the last few results here. <clears throat> they lost 1-0 to Brighton away. They lost 1-0 to Man City at home. They lost 1-0 away to Aston Villa. They drew 0-0 with Liverpool. They drew 1-0 with Brentford away. They drew 1-0 with Brighton and Hove Albion at home. They lost 2-1 to Manchester United. They drew 0-0 with Newcastle. They're not they're not bad results, are they? No, but, they're, and they're tough fixtures too. Even even yeah. something like that, those Brentford and Brighton fixtures, they're both teams who've been playing really well lately. They lost one nil to Chelsea before that away. Perhaps that's a bad result given Chelsea's recent form. But but I, I, it's a tough one for Palace because you're right, sir. I look through the list and I think they are all tough fixtures. But is this is this actually the point here? Is that actually the Premier League is just a? It's just very tough these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, some, uh, there was a stat that the the Premier League put out this week which was something like the team placed 20th across every game week this season so far has averaged 1.4 points in that game week. Wow. So, you know, that that's a significant number of points. Yeah, absolutely. I would also say that the summer he came in, he did see a significant overhaul of the squad in terms of age. Not only age, but different transition to a different playing style I believe it was Hodgson who was his predecessor so am I surprised no because it fell out the same way at Nice who should they get to replace him probably a young manager who's looking to to play some exciting football of some sorts good squad there it's a it's a very good young squad. You can you can really do things with that Palace squad. They can they can be a problem to anyone. You know, I predicted them to pull pull an upset against City last week. Yeah, I was wrong in it, admittedly, but not far wrong though. There, there really wasn't much in it. And there's a good um, there's a good foundation there. You know, I'm a big fan of spines of teams. I really like the centre backs they have. Um, and, you know, they've got incredible attacking flair at Palace, haven't they? They've got two or three really outstanding players. So perhaps what this is, is actually, he's just not getting the best out of the players that he has. It feels like it's probably that angle, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not worried about Palace in terms of relegation battle at all. I think they're too strong and hopefully a new manager. With Arsenal at the weekend as a first fixture for that for Well, that I will, I will say on that relegation front that, yes, they're 12th in the league, but... There is a significant gap between them and 11th, which is Aston Villa. They're eight points behind them, and Villa have right. a game in hand. Wow. They are only five points off the bottom. That's how tight the Premier League is at the moment. 12th to 20th is covered by five points. Mm. Well, I mean, that that's that's 
remarkably close, actually. That is. It? That's very, very close. I think there's a similar story in a couple of the European leagues as well, actually. I, I would say in Serie A, for example, you've got between second and... Well, actually, it's a big gap now. But between fourth and sixth, you had sort of seven points. La Liga, I would say... I mean, you've got Elche, so you can't really compare there. Uh, and then in Serie A, you've got Cremonese, you've got 12 points. So yeah. I'd hate to predict who's going down in the Premier League this season right now. Because yeah, it's Southampton looked the most set on it, but I find it really difficult to say that Southampton would get relegated. When you've got, you know, set pieces are massive for any relegation team. When you've got James Ward-Prowse on set pieces. Uh, I do think people are milking James Ward-Prowse a bit too much though granted he's very very good at dead at dead balls in terms of corners free kicks but he doesn't offer much outside of it he's 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 a very good controller of the game though i think i i think he's he's not a he's not a traditional attacking midfielder but i think he's a very good central midfielder as as someone next to a more defensively minded player yeah so if we look at his fb ref report his non-penalty goals in the 95th percentile. His XG assisted is the 86th percentile. Granted, I'm not trying to be a stats stats man. Um, his shot creating actions are in the 87th percentile. Then again, he takes set pieces. His statistics outside of those are shocking. Pass completion is in the 18th percentile. Success, uh, progressive passes in the 57th percentile. Progressive carries, 12th. Remind me, with percentiles, is the higher number better or the lower number? Higher numbers better. Okay. And I lose track of percentiles. Tackles tackles one, he's in the thirteenth percentile. Bearing in mind if we look at someone who just says so let's look at Jorginho, because people will also accuse Jorginho of being just a creative midfielder. So yeah, actually Jorginho's goals wise offers you almost nothing. Ninety sixth percentile for passes attempted. Pass completions in the eighty sixth percentile. Aggressive passes in the 93rd percentile. And 86% of the tackles and 91st for interceptions. Granted, very different players, but Jorginho offers you more defensively. Um, well, in terms of the relegation side of things, I I think Leeds will struggle to, to stay up this season. And that's a crying shame. And I, I yeah. can't believe I'm saying that as a Man United fan, but I think it's a crying shame if Leeds go down. Yeah, I, I do agree. They've And me think the football they were playing... You know, just over twelve months ago, really, eighteen months ago, they were playing some tremendous stuff. They you, were the, you still the see flashes of it now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I really like the player they signed from Juventus as well. Um, McKinney. Yeah, I think he's a really good player. Mm. But I, I just, I don't see Leeds getting the results to to keep above above um, above the relegation zone. And you look above that, and then it maybe becomes a question of who is who is the least best team in some ways because Wolves. At thirteenth, you kind of look at that and think maybe that's that the Wolves up probably will avoid relegation. So it's going to be three from Forest, Everton, Leicester, West Ham, Bournemouth, Leeds, and Southampton. I think um, the bottom two. Are, I'm looking at this from the perspective of, okay, if you're a club in the Premier League, which ones do you want to see of those go down and you take their players? Yeah. Um, Southampton, Romeo Lavia, great player. Yeah, good player. Uh, Perot is a backup left back, good player. Um, Sulemana, young winger, could be a good option. Alcaraz could be a good option. So just thinking about those, at Leeds you could have Somerville, Nonto, um, Adams. Adams would be a good one actually. Is McKenny on loan? McKenny's on loan. Okay. 
um, with an option to buy for about 30 million euros. He's on loan from Juventus, Juventus. correct. I mean, there's still a possibility there that if Juventus gets into more trouble over their uh, contract payments... that But, but Leeds aren't going to pay extortion amount money for McKennie, who's arguably a Premier League, mid-tail Premier League player. I mean, if they stay in the Premier League, I think they should. Yeah, they should. But, uh, yeah... That'll, that'll be that. Bournemouth, I like the look of Senesi. He's a left-footed central uh, defender. I like the look of uh, Ouattara, the Burkina Faso winger they signed from Lorient, who is also owned by the current Bournemouth owners, and uh, who are actually. And then, I mean, West Ham, if they go down, I'd, well, we're going to do a whole series on this, but um, West Ham to go down, I would probably take Piquetta likes of Skamaka but as I said we'll do a series on it um m- well Mr Ferguson can we do you have the predictions the I, results ready I do have the predictions from last week uh, another bumper crop of predictions I've got to say it started out real poorly for all of us we had we mostly had chockers in the Premier League this season this season this week um, it's far too <laughs> no early I think this Friday season morning. is probably fair but, you know what yeah I can accept that um, but I can reveal that uh, I'll start with myself this week, seeing as I didn't last week. Uh, I got nine correct results uh, out of... I'm just going to quickly tally how many results we had to go from. 23. Okay. Um, Nine correct with one correct score, which was West Ham 1, Aston Villa 1, giving me a total of 11. Mr Jennings. Ooh. You had seven correct results. One correct score, which was Everton 1, Brentford 0. Right. Um, you had a shocker in the Champions League, though. Oh, dear. Yeah, you got every single one of them wrong. Great. <laughs> we all got the Man City one wrong, didn't we? Um, in terms of correct score. Pretty sure we all got the Man City one wrong. A correct score, absolutely, we all got it wrong. Um, although I, I was the only one who got the correct result on that. Fair enough. Because, I predicted the Leipzig yeah, victory. Yeah, you predicted the Leipzig victory, and draw. Mr Jennings, you predicted a draw with Leipzig on penalties. Yeah. Um, which didn't quite happen. No. Yep. Thank you, Norwegian <laughs> lamppost. <laughs> um, Jake Aran. Yes. Nine correct results. All right. Three correct scores. Just edged it. Newcastle two Wolves one, Athletic Bilbao nil Barcelona one, and Napoli three Frankfurt nil. Did I say three nil for you that? You said three nil for that. Annoyingly, I think you took my three nil because I went four nil. How many points did he get? 15. Oh, which closes us in the Lent term totals with one week to play to Jay Curran at 80, the rest of the world at 84. Oh, oh, he's clawed it back this week. I was, what, seven points down last week? But then again, the week before, I was a point up, so... Yeah, you were you were eight points down last week. Ah. Okay, so I've halved the deficit. Yep. Um, but what man? Holland. Jeez. What on earth? Yeah. What on? And you and you watch the highlights back of his goals, and they're all essentially the same thing. He's someone they're else. All very he's poacher, had a shot. Someone goals. else. Yeah. So he's had a shot. Someone else has had a shot. He's got a rebound or two, and you know, you almost looked at it and go, "Well, this this feels a bit unfair now." Yeah, it's funny because I mean, especially on the social media side of things, fans are very quickly to point out, you know, what he isn't doing. You know, there's there's these videos of people sticking in twenty five yard, thirty yard screamers. They're like, oh, you know, Harland, when when's he going to do something like this? And you're thinking, well, actually, it's not really his job in the team. And if he is scoring the number of goals that he is and helping to City to get those those 
points on the board, then actually he's he's very much doing the job that he was he's brought in to do. Um, he is a fox in the box. He scores all sorts of goals. Um, tremendous player. And do we feel an upset in the league coming? And I say it, upset perhaps is the, the wrong phrase to use here, but we've got Arsenal who have been top of the table since week one. Yep. Um, and I know the Europa League... Um, defeat last night will will no doubt come to some Arsenal fans as not being necessarily a bad thing. They will have had to have played at least four extra games um, had they had they remained in the Europa League. And so it's it's an interesting time. We good to hear from Arsenal fans this week around just exactly whether or not they still feel the league is on, whether they're pleased to be out of the Europa League, um, and whether or not they feel that they can still hang on to it because that injury to Saliba, he went off after 10 minutes last night, I think. Mm. I think out of him and Mar- and the other, is it Gabriel, the other centre-half, yes. who looks at times a bit shaky, Saliba looks a very, very good player. And Arsenal have been relatively fortunate with injuries this year. I don't think they've had too many. I mean, they've, they've had the big one to Gabriel Jesus. True, true. But they've they've not missed the goals, have they? They've still scored. No, and, and Ketia stepped up very well behind yeah, him. definitely. Uh, but I think, I think, because Eric Ten Hag said this during his press conference that Arsenal have been quite lucky with injuries. And I think that was a little bit, uh, putting a bit of duct tape over that situation. Fine, fine. So yeah, so will, will Saliba, Saliba missing mean that Arsenal are a little bit more shaky at the back? Well, I think Arsenal will be holding on. Uh, oh, <laughs> very good. Or not. Uh, let's see. I, I don't think it'd be an upset if City won the title. I, 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 I'm not sure that anyone has or should have written them out of the title race. No. You know, they uh, given and that's based on a few things. That's based on City's results, and that's based on Arsenal's tendencies at times to just go on a really bad run, like they did a, a few seasons ago when they absolutely bottled the top four completely, yeah. second or third. And I look at Pep Guardiola as well, and you think just how. And I'm not saying City don't have the strength of depth to compete on numerous fronts, right? But it does feel as if this season they are really gunning for that Champions League. The players look more motivated on match days. They look more dangerous, more threatening on match days. They've had some interesting results in the league, haven't they? Where you know, Kevin De Bruyne perhaps personifies the point I'm trying to make here perfectly. Since the World Cup has looked an absolute shadow of, of his of his prior self, um, domestic playing domestic games especially, his his statistics. And JK, I know you you do enjoy stat is uh, are, are really quite telling. And he's he's 31 years old now. He's never had pace. He's always been a very good distributor of the ball. Um, but I, but I, as I said a number of weeks ago on the show, I, I, I really think he's over the hill here. And I think looking at a long-term replacement for him is going to be on the cards. There were some interesting comments by Pep about him this week as well, around you know needing to keep things simpler when he's playing. And that's quite telling as well. And Pep very rarely comes out and makes those sorts of um, open statements about his players. So... I think with Haaland in there, if we suspect that Haaland will probably stay at City for between two and three years, I think maximum. I don't think it'd, it'd be there much longer than that. Um, this is a this is an important year for them. And I think aside from probably Bayern Munich and maybe the two dark horses in Napoli and Benfica, this could be the year that they, they sit over the line. I, I find it absolutely bizarre that people are writing Real Madrid off. I was going to say, sure, Real Madrid, no, the number they did on Liverpool was outstanding and I still think that they are good enough to even overcome having one bad leg of a, a two-legged fixture 
Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't think that Madrid would um, win it the last time they won it. Right? Which was last year, right? Which was last year. Um, and they did. But I, 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 I'm going to, I'll be bold. I will write them off this year. I think it will, I think it will go to somebody else. Like, ne- so never, never write off Real Madrid. I'm just going to put that on a post-it note and just pin it to the wall in here. <laughs> the date, the time. No, I, I, I think it will end up somewhere else. And, and I, I hope it does end up somewhere else. I would, I would love for Napoli or Benfica to win the Champions League this year. When's the last time um, we had a true underdog win the Champions Porto? League? Porto? Probably was or, Porto, or, I'd or, say. Or was it Chelsea when they had the really bad season? Because now Chelsea oh, fans no, are saying, fair. we're going to win the Champions League because we're having a bad season in the league. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, I pray they get drawn by against Bayern or City. That would yeah. be amazing. How do you feel about these? Because uh, we're now past the point where we can have uh, domestic ties in the knockout rounds of European fixtures. Would you rather have them as a quarterfinal, a semi-final, or a final? Just a bit of a frivolous question. Quarterf- I, I would like to see a Milan derby in the in the Champions League quarterfinals. That means one team, Italian team, would at least get through. If you notice in in Europe, Italian teams have done really well this year. So they've got three in the quarters. They've mm. got two in the Europa League. Um, in it's Juventus R- Roma. Roma. Yes, of course. Yeah, very good. Um, all, all tough. I think Juventus, not very good side. We'll talk about the Europa League in a little bit. but uh, And that is the top five teams in Italy as well, isn't it? I think at this point in time. Juventus are down and somewhere in mid-table because of the points deduction. Re- oh, yeah. really? Without, without the, the points deduction, yes. They're second. The, without the, the points deduction, five. they'd be second. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And actually, Juventus, most likely with the financials, they would have something, unfortunately, a, a, a scenario where if they don't win the Europa League, they're going to end up in the Conference League. Wow. So I think Juventus might shelve the league and just focus on the Europa League. That's a big gamble to take. It is. For a side like Juventus as well, it feels unheard of, doesn't it? Um, but then again, if they are guilt, guilty, they're going to end up in the Conference League in any case. But if they win the Europa League... If they're League, guilty, they're not going to end up in any European League, I would think. Well, they've got points deduction, and that's that for now. Um, obviously, you've got the Negrera scandal at Barcelona as well with paying off the yeah. referees. Um, what is that? Well, there's, uh, there's, there's interesting stuff going on there anyway, because the head of La Liga, is it Tebas? Yes. Tebas has, uh, from an outside perspective, it seems, been quite harsh towards Barcelona in his application of the rules, um, particularly with the registration of players, because there was a big saga about Gavi not being able to be registered for La Liga for quite a while at the start of the season. And, and um, now they're sort of La Liga appealing. I don't know, maybe Tebas has a vendetta against Barcelona. I'm not sure. Atletico Madrid aren't in the greatest place financially either. Um, but La Liga is too, in my opinion, La Liga is too stringent on the teams in terms of the finances. Granted, it's necessary for the lower, the teams in the mid to lower section, but how are you going to remain competitive if you can only spend 40% of your revenue? Well, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily... I don't think they're worried about being competitive in Europe. I think they're worried about the league being competitive. Um, True. So, so they're trying to work on revenue distribution in the league. I don't think they really care what what, what happens on a European front. Well, Real Madrid and Barcelona are, are interesting anyway, aren't they? In terms of the way that those those clubs are generating funds and 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 and, and how how their money is is 
is uh, accumulated. So you can kind of see kind of see the angle maybe that he's coming from. But there, there's no doubt about it. Barcelona have got to make significant sales this summer that, in terms of um, being able to adhere to whatever the... But haven't you heard? Yeah, They've got go on. one more economic super lever. Oh, my God. Go on. No, that's all they've said. Uh, all they've said is they have a, an, an economic super lever. Not just a lever, a super lever. <laughs> my goodness me. I have it's, no it's, idea. And actually, even though in terms of politically within La Liga... There's the obviously the El Clasico rivalry, biggest rivalry in Spain. But Barcelona and Real Madrid are like this, and for listeners, they're they're almost like conjoined, uh, conjoined twins. Well, yeah. when when the um, with when, when the it ref- comes to decision making, yeah, when the refereeing paying scandal came out, Madrid were the only team who didn't sign the league wide sort of letter of condemnation, as it were. They were the only team who refused to sign it. Really, and yeah. Madrid. And that's because the suit. That's because they're both in it for the Super League, which makes sense because they're not state-owned, not privately owned. And I mean, Real Madrid are opening a theme park in Dubai, actually, hmm. <laughs> um, as a means of generating revenue. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, theme park. Real Madrid. Why are you putting a football club theme? The, park? Well, you name the rides after the players, I guess, don't you? Yep. So you have uh, so there's the, one in Madrid. There's one in Madrid. The banana boat ride is called the Roberto Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've got the the Real Madrid, Dubai Parks and Resort. You've got surely the log flume would be the Sergio Ramos because it looks like one of his sliding tackles. <laughs> Fantastic, very very good. Then, then then you might have like a, a roller coaster with Ronaldo doing his celebration. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but yeah, no. So they've. It's going to be in the final quarter of this year, so expect sort of latter end of 2023. You could, I think this is a 400 million dollar project of some sort. But uh, yeah, Real Madrid theme park coming to Dubai. The yeah, Shogo Bonita travel agent. Yeah, we should we should do um we should do one of those on the road podcasts for it. Yeah, that would actually be good. You know, if we just <laughs> although we'd be sick of each other by the end of it. Um, in terms of Europe. We've got the draws today for Champions League and Europa League. Um, any teams that, any games that you want to see? Because I have, me personally, I really want to see a particular game. Go on, start with that, JK. Uh, Man United Sevilla. Yes, it's time for revenge, isn't it? It's time for. Or, or United Sporting. Yeah, which would be a nice lots of affiliation with Sporting, obviously, given Bruno, Nani, and um, Ronaldo. Over the years, I, I, I'm with you. I would love um, to play Seville, and, well, and and if we go for the easy one, I'd like to play uh, Final or Saint Gilloise. Final did beat Shakhtar seven-two on aggr- aggregate. Seven-seven-one yesterday. Yeah, that's quite a, that's quite a big score. But Union Saint Gilloise, they're I owned by. Uh, so in the multi-club model, they are in that group with Brighton. So same owners as Brighton. Interesting. Okay, great, great knowledge as ever. Um, but 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 also associated are out. Sorry, yes, yeah, so Seville. I think United have done well against Spanish opposition more recently, with the exception of that one 0 defeat to Sociedad. With and, that and, and Sevilla not great in the league. Uh, they are thirteenth. Goodness me, they, uh, they were doing even worse than that, weren't they, J.K.? They, they were, were close to relegation. Yes. Wow. They're extremely close to relegation. Any any talking points that you want to touch on with regards to football over the last seven days? Um, well, I mean, we were talking about, uh, just before Mr Jennings came into the studio, uh, about the state of the Man United takeover, because, of course, this week there's been uh, uh, bidders visiting the club, 
We've had the Qatari delegation without the lead bidder visiting on Thursday. We've had Jim Ratcliffe on behalf of Ineos yep. coming on Friday. Um, on I say on Friday, today. Um, and apparently, if you believe the word that's spreading, there will be movement on that front by the end of the month. Yeah. I think I think that's totally <clears throat> totally the case. Some of the other there's some interesting media comments around. You know, um, the Glazers warm to the Qatari bidders and all this sort of thing. And actually, these guys are, are, are very greedy people, and that they will quite simply just sell the club to the highest bidder. You would you would have thought. There's uh, there is something else in that. I think the the other um, angle to that is. I've only seen this in one report, so I can't verify how accurate it is. But I have seen somewhere that the other benefit to a Qatari bid would be that they would give the Glazers a first look-in at any of their American investments. Mm-hmm. So it basically, they're also saying to the Glazers, hey, we'll give you loads of money now, and we'll let you make loads more money in the future too. So in terms of... Okay, if Qatar wants to invest in America, they can do a joint venture with the Glazers, for example. Mm. They can go into to companies together. Um, and that actually, I would say, the Glazers would probably be be happy with that. And in terms of the... the I mean, sibling, they can have loads of money to splash around after the after this sale's completed. Assuming, of course, the sale is completed, but I'd be amazed if it wasn't at this point. And I think uh, they're being advised by the Rothschilds... Um, the hidden, the hidden uh, puppeteers of the world, um, in terms of not the the drawbacks of not selling the club publicly because the share price has also decreased. If we go to our other screen, our main screen here, yeah, it's interesting because they obviously they have to. So the, share, the, so the share price is up uh, sixty four cents today, and over the week. It's been fluctuating quite a bit. So yeah. whenever there's talk of the takeover not happening, the share price tanks, and whenever there's so, but the Glazers can't be done for. So if we look at the week, um, the share price was at a low, at twenty dollars, and so actually, the low was twenty dollars and sixty five cents. So it's gone up like a dollar, dollar eight cents. Which, again, if you're buying a lot of Man United shares let's say you bought 10 million Man United shares that's 10 million dollars in profit within a week the high of, the high has been 22.48 so if you bought at the low you made a lot of money mm. um, but yeah there's there's. I mean the Glazers have to in these negotiations say we're willing to walk away because otherwise they will not get the price they want yeah you know it's it's a a basic of negotiating. You have to be willing to walk away from a bad offer, and of, but of course, every time they do that, the share price will go down because they'll go, oh, it's not being sold. Then, you know, it's that's the that's the real issue I have with a lot of this is that you can't actually take a lot of it at face value. Yeah, you you kind of have to read between the lines and then read between those lines and probably read between another set of lines afterwards to actually try and figure out what's going on and where we're at. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, sort of. It's also interesting watching how different journalists are aligning themselves. It probably indicates where they're getting a lot of their information from. We're seeing, for example, Mike Keegan has a lot of information about the Qatari bid. Yes. Um, so it's put that he, So that's probably coming directly from yeah. the Qataris and really from, their, uh, uh, from their from uh, their PR people. Um, 
whereas there are other organisations who are more focused on, I think is it James Ducker who's focusing on the on the Ratcliffe bid? Yep, James Ducker, you've got Miguel Delaney of The Independent as well. And actually, the journalists, it's quite f- funny to see the journalists fight with each other and the, and p- the people be like, no, this bit's better than this bit because this and this and this. And then yeah. and of course, I don't want to get into the politics yeah, of it. But that's all information that's coming from PR teams of the bidders, really. True. Which, all, which then, you know, gives you another layer of, oh, well, what am I actually reading then? Now, am I just reading PR puff pieces about each of these bits that come out? And don't forget... Apparently, there were also six other bidders who haven't come out publicly. Yeah, I read that. That's what that really surprised me. You, really you got the Elliot Group. The, you got them. You got Aries Management who are willing to finance to take over for anyone who wants it. It's but, Saudi consortium as well, right? Um, not too sure on that one. But there was a, there was a rumor about it. Yeah. Um, I suppose the the big telling thing for me at the moment is that UEFA have just come out and said that they're willing to look at the issue of uh, clubs that are owned by the same sort of parent organisation being able to compete against each other This is PSG, in right? Europe. Yeah. With the so, but, I mean, it could also be Nice and Man United. Yes, of technically. course. Technically. With, with Ineos, yeah. realistically, <clears throat> when you say that, the implication is that it's for PSG. Yeah. And it's interesting to think what they would do with PSG if they did acquire Man United. I think they would dump PSG so, over so the long I. term. I, th- I think they would look to sell the club, I really do. I think slowly but surely they'd look to sell it because it's been a failed project. It has been, I agree. And um, granted they've given us the best, the most aesthetically pleasing front three in history with Mbappe, Neymar and Messi. But I don't think the the change of sporting director Luis Campos has worked because their squad is very very thin. But they just haven't. They've never had the right. They've either had very good players and a coach who isn't quite up to that level of being able to compete on a European scale year in year out, or they've had a decent coach and they've never quite had the players. And you can look back to you know I Emery for example at PSG, who who in, on a European um, scale was a very successful manager didn't quite have the squad potentially at that point in time um, and you look at it now and you and you, you look at the lineup that they can put forward midfield I'm still not convinced but yeah defensively and and in an attacking sense they look they look very very strong um, and, and, and just on the managerial side the coaching side still doesn't look like they're getting the most out of their players and you hear noises around 12 months ago you know oh yes well Mbappe is going to be given this contract which is going to give him more of a say in the team's the way in which the team that, that contract's hemorrhaged them financially it's hemorrhaged them extremely in terms of their finances given how much money they're paying him but it's not just financially JK it's these sorts of decisions where and you know football fans we're all football fans at the end of the day and we all have opinions on football and that's what makes it interesting and what's it great makes it great but at the same time you know football fans are intelligent people and, they, and they're fans of the game they love the game they know the game well and when you hear these when you hear these announcements around players being given you know these contractual benefits um, it, it, you look at it and you go that doesn't seem quite right and and it doesn't seem to be working you talk about failed projects I think it's in a culmination of all these things we're saying PSG just has not achieved what it should have done and do I, I'll add this on top of this as well is I would also say that as things stand Manchester City until they win that European trophy I think are still relatively speaking a failure as well True, and and that's I know that's a bold thing to say, but if Pep Guardiola does not get a European trophy whilst he's at that club, 
he has he has failed, and, and it will be. I, I think it will be his failure rather than City's failure. Yeah, because yeah. it's most of the time that City lose in these European competitions, it is because he has tinkered too he much, has tinkered obsessively. Yeah, he's doing it again now. He's mm. do, he's doing it again now with this three two four or, or, or whatever it is where they where they are, and he's actually playing Bernardo Silva left back, which um, I did I think maybe on an earlier podcast. I did say that would be a very, very interesting thing to do playing Bernardo Silva left back. But Bernardo Silva is an incredibly intelligent player. Yes. Yeah. And he's shown that. And that's and actually Pep Pep did also say that he is ex, it's intelligent to an extent to, to which and apologies if you heard that. Um my body's telling me I'm hungry. Um <laughs> but uh <laughs> Was there was there talk that Bernardo Silva's going to get sold in the summer? I'm sure I saw that. Uh, recently. There was talk that he was gonna leave. Okay. Um but uh, speaking of leaving, uh, I know Mr. Jenny's just to head off in a little bit, but uh, as you can see on the screen, PSG have three players on a, over a million euros a week. Oh my goodness me. Uh, Mbappe, Neymar, Messi. Yes, Ramsdale on 500, Verratti's on... Verratti, Donnarumma similar, Kimpembe on similar. I would feel absolutely... Kimpembe's on similar to Ramos and Verratti? Well, that's... that's Verratti's outrageous. on the exact same as Donnarumma. I would feel absolutely outraged if I was Sergio Ramos and I was being paid less than half of what you were paying to Neymar. Agreed. I would feel absolutely <laughs> dumb. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna leave in the summer. He's gonna pay him off. Um, and you got Icardi at, on two hundred grand a week. Marquinhos is gonna get a pay rise by the way, new contract. Um, and you got Danilo on thirty grand a week. Yeah. You've also it's, it's worth saying the three players who are being paid over a million euros a week are the three players who at some point over the last six months the fans have all said we want out of the club. Yeah, yeah, you know they've, they've, tur- they've, tu- they've turned on Neymar. Not all at the same time, they've turned on Neymar, Mbappe and Messi. Yeah. Back to the, just back, one more thing on the Guardiola point and then I, then I will um, leave you fine gentlemen to resume. Uh, we're going to do predictions actually. Oh, so. cool. Okay. Um, so, the, so just the, the Guardiola point is this. Guardiola will always be thought of as the guy that did it at Barcelona, right? Yeah. And since he's left Barcelona... He's never quite achieved the same things, particularly on a European scale. And he's always going to have that hanging over him. And time is running out at City, I think. I if, think two, three years max. If Guardiola doesn't win a Champions League at City, I think I think your point changes slightly. Go on. I think it becomes Messi was the guy who did it at Barcelona. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it stops being Guardiola. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I can't argue with it. I can't argue with it. Certainly not on a European scale. True. Um... In terms of predictions, uh, we, we're going to do the prediction. We can do a few predictions and then when you need to go, um, Mr. Ferguson, if you could let Mr. Jennings know what predictions he needs yep. to make. Uh, so let's start off with, you wanted to do the Premier League. Let's do the Premier League. Forest against Newcastle, Mr. Jennings. Ooh. 1-0. Mr. Ferguson. Uh, 2-1 Newcastle. I'll go 1-0 Newcastle. Okay. Uh, Business like, I like it. Villa Bournemouth, Mr. Ferguson. 1 0 Bournemouth. 2 0 Villa. Uh, I'm going to go 2 1 Villa. Uh, Brentford Leicester, Mr. Jennings. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, 1 0 Leicester. Mr. Ferguson? 3 0 Brentford. I'm going to go 2 0 Brentford. Southampton Tottenham, <laughs> Mr. Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um, how bad are Southampton that's the question how bad are they and how bad are Tottenham uh, oh two all 
Mr. Ferguson. Uh, uh, do you know what? I've been looking back over my old predictions and I'm really harsh towards Tottenham. I'll give them a 2 0 here. Uh, I'm going to go 2 1 Tottenham. Do you know, with every one of my predictions so far, Mr. Ferguson, I've heard what I've said and then I've heard what you said and, and gone, yeah, that's probably that's probably what I should have said as well. <laughs> <I'm flattered. laughs> every single one. Wolves leads. Mr. Jennings. Um, Wolves, yeah, 2 0 Wolves. Mr. Ferguson. 3-2 leads. I'll go 2 0 leads. Chelsea Everton. I'll kick this one off. 1 1. 1 0 Chelsea. 1 0 Everton. And with that, he's off. He's so ashamed of that prediction. He's gone. <laughs> he's, he's put his headphones down. He's thrown his drink in the bin. He's storming uh, oh, oh, and out. actually grabbed we, his coat. <laughs> He's We've, hammering the wall as he goes. I can see him out of the window now. He's shouting. He's screaming. He's kicked one of the cars. He hasn't kicked one of the cars. <laughs> um, I think we might have a Liverpool Fulham as well. Um, uh, Liverpool is that the Monday game? Is that Monday? I think it must be. Cause no, because there's two postponed games. Oh, oh yes, because there's F- is that FA Cup this week? Yeah, it is FA Cup this week. Oh yes, of course. So we won't predict those. Um, let's get the FA Cup up. But Liverpool Fulham, I, I'm just going to check. I assume that's Monday evening. Because I don't think. Uh, it's it not there because it's a postponed game because Fulham are playing United this weekend. Oh, okay, right. Um, well, that means we only got one Sunday fixture Arsenal Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go 4 0 Arsenal. I'm going to go 3 1 Arsenal. Okay. Go to the Bundesliga uh, and decent games. All right, Bayern Leverkusen. It's at. Oh, I need to remember the Leverkusen stadium name. What's the stadium name? Come on, come on, come on. Uh, the Bayer Arena. The Bayer Arena. Yes. Did, did I get it right? Did I get it right? Yes, the Bayer Bay Arena. Close. Um, how about we go 2 0 Bayern Munich? Yeah. I, Actually, no, Bayern Munich been ramped recently. 5 1. 5 Ooh, 5 1. Uh, I think it's going to be 3 0. Uh, I, I think they are going to win, though. La Liga, we've got El Clasico this weekend. Um, it feels like El Clasico never ends. <laughs> Who's at home this week? Uh, it's Barcelona at home. Okay. Uh, are you going to go Barcelona for the win? Yeah, of course I am. I, I think Barcelona are cut above all the other teams in La Liga at the moment. I, I, I like Madrid, and you can't factor against El Clasico that much because things can happen in it, but I've got to go with my heart. I'm going to go 2-1. No. Yes, I'm going to go 2-1 Barcelona. I'm going to go 2-1 Real Madrid. Okay. Uh, on the Saturday, Atletico Valencia. Um, what have Valencia been like recently? Because I know Atletico have been winning with the new Griezmann-Depay combination. Uh, Valencia have been on a... Yeah, they're 17th. So I'm actually going to go for a 1-0 Valencia victory. Okay, blimey. Uh, I think that's a very brave choice. Um, go big or go home? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I think Atletico have got this. I think it's going to be 2 0. We've got PSG Stade Rene. Should be straightforward for PSG, although they lost to Stade Rene last time out. As we just pull up the league. Yep, they lost like. They lost to Stade Rene last time. But I'm going to go for a 2 0 PSG victory. Yeah, I'm. Ooh, I, I actually. I don't know. This. There's something about PSG at the moment. I'm I'm just not sold on them. Um, I think I am going to take them on this one. I'll, I'll, but I'm only going to take them one nil. 
So what prediction did you have for that? Uh, I had 2-0. 2-0. We got Stade de Hams against Marseille. I'm going to go for... Uh, Stade de Hams have the longest unbeaten rec- record in Europe, by the way. Do I see it ending? Let's check the Marseille results. This is a hard one. Did I get any Ligue 1 right last week? Uh, you... Let's have a look. Marseille drew last time out against... Strasbourg. Uh, we only had one prediction for League A, which was Lille versus Lyon, uh, which we all got wrong. Did I get a draw? Uh, no, it was uh, it was one. You predicted one nil Lille. Uh, it ended three all. Yeah, true. Um, so maybe, I'm gonna go two two. Go and then reverse it. Uh, I'm gonna go two two. You're gonna go two two. Um, I've actually not written this fixture down yet. Um, it's Rams Marseille. Interesting, Marseille, and you and you're going uh, two 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 two. Um, but enough about the Frankfurt centre back. <laughs> it's Tuta actually. That's his name's Tuta. Um, um, I'll I'll take. Oh no, I'm going for nil nil. We just haven't got one anywhere else. Moving on to Serie A, we've got Lazio Roma first off. I Laziali are higher in the league. Um, will this affect my decision making? No, because I'm going one 0 Roma. Ooh, no, I um, I think Roma are going to fall apart. I think they're just going to fall apart here. Three uh, 0 Lazio. Inter against Juventus. It's at San Siro, and for that reason, Inter rubbish in the league. They will. Uh, I'm going to go two one Juventus. Two one Juventus. I I think this could be a bit rubbish to be honest. This match. Are you going to go no no? Uh, I'm going to go one one, but I think it's going to be a rubbish one one. Moving on to the FA Cup, Manchester City against Burnley. Uh, are you going to be biased by the midweek result? No, uh, I'm not. I, it, this is really interesting to me. I I don't know how City feel about the FA Cup. At this point, I know they will name probably a very weak team for this by city standards. Mm. They will do what Pep has always done and name probably about four or five youth team players. I'm going to go 2 1 to Burnley. You are, yeah. I don't think it's a terrible shout, to be honest. I am going to take City to go through. Okay. Um, I, I'm actually going to take them 2 1. Um, but I, th- yeah, I think this could be a really close match. Moving on to the. Other quarterfinal that we're going to predict, United Fulham. I think it's going to be two one to United. Two one to United. Actually, no, I'm going to go three one to United. Have I taken a prediction there? Well, I haven't made. I haven't decided what my prediction is yet. This is an interesting game for a few reasons. One, it's the first game of Casemiro's domestic suspension. True. Um, which was absolutely ludicrous in my opinion, but. Um, that was another thing that I wanted to talk about, but if we haven't got time for that, we haven't got time for that. We'll cover it another time, because <laughs> I'm sure there'll be issues with domestic refereeing before the next episode. Um, I will take, I will take United, but I'll take them one nil again. I'm not sure this is going to be a good game to watch. I'm just checking for any possible midweek fixtures. Uh, we're on international break. Ah, uh, we've got because uh, uh, we've got England with their first. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, Euros qualifying starting on Thursday. So uh, everyone's heading off for international squads. Cool. Well, I guess it's a wrap. Thank you for listening, guys. Take care and uh, see you next episode.